Hi, this is Kaylee. I'm a violence prevention coordinator at UCI CARE. Hi, I'm Melissa. I'm also a violence prevention coordinator at UCI CARE. And you're listening to The Narrative Project. So hi, everyone. Dong Ann here with some of our amazing colleagues. Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Narrative Project hosted by UCI CARE. So the UCI CARE office provides free and confidential support services to members of the community impacted by sexual assault, relationship abuse, family violence, and or stalking. UCI CARE aims to end these forms of power-based personal violence by engaging the campus community in education, programming, and transformative action. Before we get into today's topic, I'll let everyone introduce themselves with their names, pronouns, their affiliation, where they're calling in from today and a quick description of themselves and their background. So hi everyone, my name is Dong Ann. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the advanced field study intern with UCI CARE. Today I'm calling in from the CARE office and I'm wearing a black sweater with my hair up and I have the CARE logo as my background. Hi, I'm Dee. Um, I'm a junior transfer. This is my first quarter um, from San Diego. My uh, pronouns are she and they. Um, and I'm studying English with a minor in creative writing and gender sexuality studies. My name is Vicki. I'm the marketing intern at the care office. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm calling in from the care office today, and I am wearing a v-neck black sweater with stripes, and my hair is down. Uh, my name is Catherine. I'm the UCI field study, UCI care field study intern. Um, I'm calling from the care office today, and I'm wearing a gray knit cardigan with my hair down, and um, my background is just the UCI care office. For our episode, we are discussing body shame and body image relation to normalization of violence. Um, and just to preface our discussion, we'll be conversing on topics that may be sensitive for some. So for our first question today, we wanted to ask, what does body shaming look like to you? So just throwing it out there, what does it look like to you? Um, as well as what body image looks like to you? Um, hey, yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, for me, uh, when I was thinking about this question, I really have to say that there's really no one image about body shaming because as a larger person, I'm inundated with this message all the time. Instead, I just say, I, I'm gonna say a few phrases that always come back to me when I'm thinking in these regards and um, facing some struggling with eating disorders. Uh, when I was <laughs> age 13, my family all, had a joke that said, you guys better get some food before D eats it all. Uh, age 15, my brother said, no, no guy wants a fat chick. Uh, at age 20-ish, uh, X said, like, guys don't want to sleep with fat girls. It seems to be such an odd dichotomy for me to be both larger in body size, which is supposed to be so undesirable, and a victim of sexual assault. I think there's a lie being told to all of us and it just never stops. It's systemic, it's normalized, and it's really destroying people. Dee, I'm really sorry that happened to you and thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. And I would just like to add on that I like completely relate with you because 
Um, for me, I'm personally on the thinner side of the body image spectrum, I would say. And I hear a lot of comments as well as saying, oh, you need to eat more or like your legs are like chopsticks. I could like break you so easily. And I feel like it's these comments, people make it as jokes and they're like, I'm calling you skinny. You should be happy. But at the same time, it could be like really triggering because like they make this assumption that I'm not eating enough or eating healthy and that like I'm nutrition deficient, but I know my body image and my like lifestyle more than anyone else does. So like, I completely see where you're coming from. And I just want to thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that very much. Um, I get the same kind of statements as well, as you might imagine, like the thoughts that I'm just really, I just eat junk food all the time or something. And, you know, I get that it's, it's comes from all directions, especially uh, for female identified people, I'd say this constant, like in your face, trying to decide what your body should look like. Yeah, thank you both for being so vulnerable and telling us about your stories. I think it's very important for the community to hear about these stories, especially myself. I kind of hear myself and resonate when y'all both talk because I think about it too. And I think it's hard, especially if it comes from your own family. Um, you know, like oftentimes my mom would also tell me like, oh, you're, you're going to keep eating. You need to stop eating at night. Or if you keep eating, you're going to like explode. I'm like, is that even possible? And it's kind of like you grow up with these stories and kind of this body shaming, um, which is related to the next question that I was going to ask that you guys kind of surface level touched on it is how do you think body shaming and body image relates with the normalization of violence, whether verbal or physical? And if you'd like to elaborate more on that. Um, I guess to start off, I feel like we touched surface on this, like um, on the verbal side, it's so normalized that people think it's it's just a joke. You're just being sensitive. Like, why are you overreacting? I feel like it's so common in our society today, especially like towards women like Dee mentioned, that it's like really hard to speak up about it because of this fear. Like, am I just overreacting? Like everyone's dealing with it. Why can't I just deal with it? And oftentimes it's like this feeling that maybe it's like normal and I should like just stick with it. And also I feel like for physical, on the other hand, it's like, let me see how I can explain this. Um, I don't know if you like see TikTok trends. There's a lot of TikTok trends about like physical, about how like women that are identified as like maybe on a bigger side, when they come out as sexual like assault survivors, people don't believe them. Like no one will want you like someone wouldn't do this to you. You're just making up lies to make yourself feel better and stuff. And it's like really disheartening to see in our society that this is even happening and how there are people believing these lies because we should always believe the victim. And I think that just kind of relates to the physical aspect. My statement actually has a lot to do with that. Um, the overwhelming conversation I had in my family unit was that, and the world at large, the messages I got growing up was that being overweight was two things, my fault and disgusting. <laughs> I internalized this idea that, was, that it was my fault, which led to a self-violence of sorts in the form of an eating disorder that I still struggle with today. And the idea that I was discussing is just so ingrained into me after this long that even former partners who are violent with me, I would feel kind of like, well, this is the best I could do. One called me the person no one wants. And I kind of believed it, you know, for a long, long time. That's how deep the emotional abuse of body shaming can go. It can really destroy every part of a person to the point they might even believe they are deserving of violence or sexual assault. And that's just not right inserting in that I really wanted to thank both you and Vicky 
both D and Vicky for opening opening the questions in such a very raw and vulnerable manner. We really, really appreciate that. And I am personally very sorry to hear that, but also I'm very proud of both of y'all, how far you've come. And just know that you have our full support and love. And I just wanted to add on to what um, Vicky was saying about like survivors of like sexual assault and stuff. Not only are they not believed, like some I've seen cases where it's like, oh, well, you should be happy that you got that type of attention. And I'm like, that's not, that's just as disgusting. It's awful. How has social media affected the normalization of violence via, via body shaming and body image? So like we already talked about like TikTok trends and like certain other trends, like just like whether it's diet trends or whatever, like how do you think social media affects body image like as a whole? I feel like um, like it's on a rise nowadays. Like um, there are a lot of survivors of eating disorders coming out on TikTok of them like eating a certain dish, kind of helping other people suffering from eating disorder right now try to like adapt to this and like encourage them to eat. And the people in the comments, it's like really disgusting. You see sometimes they're like, why don't you just eat? Like what's so hard about eating? Like I don't think people understand how like eating disorders work in one way and there's always this assumption that if you're like on the wider side of like you identify as being wider um, that you don't have an eating disorder and that only applies to people on the thinner side but that's like a common misconception because that's just not how eating disorders work and I feel like social media has like normalized this false idea. I 100% agree with that statement it's it's hard to be somebody overweight with an eating disorder. It, it really, my overweightness doesn't even have to do with my eating disorder as much as it has to do with other issues. But um, really when I was thinking about the idea of how social media is for me specifically, I, I'm not really active in it because it's so detrimental to my mental health that I actually kind of aimed more towards media and media outlets, uh, not exactly like Instagram or whatever. I think a lot about this movie Zootopia. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's a really wonderfully challenging to racism and restrictive agendas that oppress many people, but there's this glaring error that's not often discussed. The entire movie talks about the abilities of many different types of beings, but harkens back to the decaying joke of fat bodies being funny the cheetah stuffing his face at every point and, and being kind of an effeminate male character. Now these are really massively reinforcing negative stereotypes of body shaming in both men and women. And the popular media does not shy away from fat phobic rhetoric as it does with other currently incendiary topics. And I really have to wonder why that is. And also like another thing you see a lot in movies and shows is like, the fat girl has to turn skinny like that's their transformation for all the guys to like them and it's just really like it angers me because like people should be loved for the way they were before or after it shouldn't matter like this transformation suddenly they're like all thin and now like they're the popular girl and everyone loves them I just think that's like complete nonsense but it's like so romanticized in our culture that everyone thinks oh that's like the right way to do it which is completely false and it's actually really bad for like future generations. Now they're really good point you brought up D about like especially like Zootopia because I feel like if you said like a lot of people miss that and um I imagine it's like not fun to be perceived like that in everything and I you kind of touched on the next question which is like how is body image like portrayed in different 
types of media. I don't know if you want to talk more about that or if Vicky has something to say. You kind of already touched on it already. I wanted also, of course, there was a bit of conversation on social media, speaking of which, about the Avengers movie and Thor. Um, there was a, a bit of an uproar over the fact that when he got, you know, he was in a sad spot, he became this fat guy. And it was supposed to be really, really funny. And to people watching that, like me, at the time that came out, that was just really hurtful. And those kind of representations do absolutely nothing, you know? It's like we don't even matter. It doesn't, nobody's considering our context at all. And that makes me really sad. Yeah, Jay, I think you mentioned a really great point, especially with Zootopia. And I think it really circled back to the fact that representation matters with that topic. And the fact that when you see someone that, you know, looks physically like you, represented in such a harmful way, it's just hurtful. Um, but I think that raises a really cool question too of why has it been so long? Because we could talk about, I think a lot of people like to say, you know, we've been progressive in where we're going and where we're heading, right? But when we really look at the media and still what they're popping out, what they're producing, what they're creating, it doesn't seem like it. You know, we sit and we watch and we're like, I think it's just like this rhetoric of them trying to persuade us that, you know, we've look how far we are. We've casted these, you know, actors and actresses, you know, body diversity. But it's the fact that you're using that person in a role that puts them in a hurtful and disadvantaged position and making a joke out of a whole community and then fostering that joke to continue. I 100% agree with that. So in that case, we'll move on to our next question on how do you cope with unrealistic body images in the media? I feel like personally for me, the best way to like cope with body image and social media is to avoid it completely. Like if I come across a video that's talking about body image and I personally feel uncomfortable or find the content triggering, then I'll just like scroll past it and I won't look more into it because I obviously, I know it's like important to draw attention onto these issues, but the first stance is like, I'm comfortable with it myself. And another thing is like, um, my older sister is a great support system. Like the trick she taught me because we both suffer from like body shaming from our parents at a young age. Like one thing she always tells me is just look in the mirror and tell yourself like, you look nice, you look gorgeous and just put on an outfit that you really like and go out and like enjoy your day. And I think that's like the way I build self-confidence regarding body image, but I do know that everyone copes with it differently. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Vicky. I really appreciate that. Um, for me, you know, it's been a long, hard road, and I fight it every day with my eating disorder and whatnot. You know, that can be complicated. It's not always an easy path, but I think I'm kind of my my approach is a little more <laughs> direct or aggressive. I I just you know I wear the things that people tell me not to wear because of my body. I, you know, I'll go out looking like that because it's them with the problem, not really me that, you know, I've been telling myself all these times, all these years, you know, oh, I'm the problem. I have to hide myself. I have to try to lose weight, you know, and part of my eating disorder involves self-abuse through exercise and dietary and extreme dietary restrictions. And to maintain my mental health, I need to remember that those messages just aren't the last word in my head and they really shouldn't be love I love that that's like amazing and I'm like so proud of how far you've become and I just want to say you go girl <laughs> <laughs> thank you confidence is what makes it look good 
So you probably look great. <laughs> also, just going to jump in to say, as you should, and that confidence is what wears an outfit, not what type of ever standards that they put out, which also brings us to another question that I really want to ask. Um, so this was a little bit off script is with how fashion and the perception of fashion is really connected to body shaming. So just to give an example, um, on TikTok trends, there's a lot of fashion trends, right? And oftentimes, I'm like a mid-size um, gal. And I see these very cute outfits. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cute, right? And then I see another person wearing the same, same clothes, same type of style with my body type. But yet the comments aren't reflecting the same thing. They'll say, oh, why, why are you wearing that? You know, you know, like this doesn't look, it doesn't look right on you. And I think that it has to do something with maybe the sexualization of the woman's body sometimes. So if you could, if you all have any kind of opinions about it, thoughts, experiences, please feel free to just jump in. Well, I definitely think it has to do with sexualization of bodies, you know, and that that's just a whole nother <laughs> can of worms for me. But I, I'm a big fashion follower myself. Um, I just love to stay as up to date as I can. However, fashions right now are really trending towards a looser style because of the pandemic, maybe, uh, you know, the looser waistbands and stuff. These are not friendly to larger body sizes, you know, and I'll wear them anyway because of my, my nature of being a little against the grain. But honestly, I really don't think that's really a great approach it's really unfriendly you know this i've seen yale medicine webmd uci health even has released guidelines for losing weight that was gained during covid and this is starting as early as october 2020 when we we're still in it <laughs> you know and so this says to me a lot of negative messages about what's it's okay to have an extra 15 pounds as long as you take it off but you know you can't <laughs> You can't have these baggy clothes. You can't look all good in these outfits. And as much as you try, you have to struggle against them. I completely also feel the same sentiments. And it's very sad that it has to be. I feel like way. they've definitely like created a norm of like what you're supposed to look like or what's healthy without taking into consideration that healthy looks different for everyone. And it's, yeah, it's really toxic, I can imagine, especially for college students. We touch back on something that Vicky and Dee talked about in the beginning about like family and culture and body shaming that aspect. So I think that there's a lot of different cultural factors as well when we talk about how body shaming looks like to us as well as how it affects us. So do you guys have anything to say about that? I feel like for my culture, I'm from like a Chinese household, Asian family, very, our body standards are like, you have to be very thin, very skinny in order to be considered like pretty in my culture. And whenever I go back to visit like family in China, it's like, they will be like, oh, you like gain a little weight. And then they'll like, start, it's kind of like microaggression away because they don't want to say in a hurtful way, but you can kind of tell everyone's like, oh, you gain a little weight, but they'll follow it up by, but you grew taller, but that's not the point. Like one should even be pointing out like if I gain weight or not, like it's not your business first of all. And I think another thing about family is whenever they make a comment about your body, they're always like, oh, I'm just doing this for you. Like I'm saying it for your sake. I'm saying it for your health, but they don't know how much damage that brings to me, like mentally or physically, because like it can really impact the way I view myself and my body. I definitely agree with that aspect of it, though I do not have a, a very big cultural heritage. I'm a third generation San Diegan, um, just as much as 
I have in San Diego. And I, I mean, there is a culture in California of uh, serious health consciousness and a certain body image that kind of just is part of growing up here. But um, as far as my family is concerned, that one, it was a little more tough. My, my parents were both very thin and it was kind of like out of left field for them to have a, a larger daughter. And uh, that I think, I don't know if it was internalized hatred towards that, but I still experience that even from people I love today. You know, there's just this, this thought that a, they're doing it for me, like you said, Vicky, like they're doing it for my best interest. But for my family, who weren't really great people to begin with, they, they made it into a real, a, a joke all the time, just like careful, you know, keep that stuff away from Dee, she's gonna eat it or something. And it was just, it, it basically set up a life that was not very positive in many ways and took me a long time to, to navigate out of that. I think it's interesting how, um, yeah, how culture plays into it because cultures are so different. Like for example, like Vicky's talking about how like the standard for her being an Asian woman is like being skinny. Whereas for me, it's like being curvy being but you have to be the right type of curvy it's like it's annoying for sure and I feel like the the more traditional your parents are the more you're gonna hear it yeah and I think a lot of it has to or a lot of it is different too when let's say you have like a mixed identity or for example like um, I'm an Asian American right so just like with Vicky I connect very much that and maybe in America I'm not really seen as like fat or skinny or any of that I'm just kind of in between I'm just like leaning towards a little heavy but in between but yet when I go and visit my family like let's say in Vietnam that everyone's like oh my gosh she is a giant she's like and it's almost like they portray me in such a way that it's like you're a really really big girl like bigger like uh, to hurtful comments in the sense of like you're you're bigger than most of the guys here and it's something that's persistent even in my own family you know where my mom my dad my brothers will even say uh Dongan you're like you have like 50 pounds over anyone over there, um, not just your height too, but like your weight. And it's these things that it makes you feel uncomfortable growing up hearing these things. And it's very hurtful. And I think that this is how like, you know, when we talk about eating disorders, when we talk about self-esteem, where it really stems from, because if your own family and your own culture is telling you these mixed signals also, it's like, well, what is, what is the right body image or what is the right you know, fit. But then what you have to realize, I guess, for me, it took a long time. But what I had to realize is there is no right body image, you know, there is no right shape or size. It's just about what is healthier for me, what is, you know, what makes me alive and functioning properly, physically healthy is what I need to focus on rather than looking a certain way. So I think that it's definitely difficult to grow up in an environment being told all of these things, because it's really hurtful to our self esteem. Which leads me to the next question of how can we create a support system for individuals experiencing body shaming? I feel like one big step to take is like acknowledging that no matter what the person's body shape is, even if you think they're like they have the most perfect media portrayed body, that they can suffer from body shaming because there's this misconception that because you're like you look a certain way that there's it's impossible you suffer from body shaming. And I just think it's so stupid. Like I see on 
social media all the time, if someone looks like a model, then they can't suffer from body shaming. But oftentimes, it's in these industries that people suffer eat from eating disorders because of the pressure like implemented onto them. So I think like the first step to creating like a supportive system is acknowledging that all body types, no matter how you look, can suffer from body shaming and just being affected by like the media. I definitely think that uh, the media isn't doing any favors <laughs> in regards to body shaming for uh, female identified people and male identified people as well. Um, there's this unrealistic image just everywhere and you know it's it's a it's a basically a system right to get you healthy but then get you back to eating. I, I actually have a poem that kind of alludes to that like how terrible it is to be overweight and then they sell two for five burgers at Carl's Jr. And, you know, it, it's really an unfortunate, especially coming from a poor background. This is kind of where you're, you're geared to go as part of that and affordable food. So I think that in response to that, uh, the first step would, of course, be more access to healthy food options. And on a personal level, of course, I mean, I feel that you should always accept that almost everybody has had some level of body shaming in their life. But uh, I think that as a person who goes to school and stuff and in my body, I feel like a little nervous that I'm being judged and not conversed with openly because of my body. And sometimes that makes me a little nervous. And I feel like, I, I know that there's some scholarship in stating that, you know, people who are not considered attractive, like people like me would be not as approachable, but that does kind of make you feel like kind of left out, you know? So, I mean, saying hi to somebody, <laughs> that might be a, even just a first step, just like trying to befriend the person because I know as a young child overweight, it was really hard to make friends and just that little outreach, that little moment, you can change a person's life just by doing that. Thank you so much for sharing. I like, that was a really like heart touching experience you shared. And like, I, your feelings are completely valid. And I just want to say like, you're so strong for like sharing this and pushing through because I definitely see what you mean about how like, because of our physical appearance, we, it can be nervous for us to interact with certain folks. Because I have a friend who also identifies as being like overweight or like on the chubbier side. And she has always told me how she's scared about using dating apps and other like platforms to meet people because she's afraid when they officially meet up, she may not appear as thin as she does on the platform. And it's just, it's really sad for me to hear because I know she's like an amazing person and I just really don't want her physical like appearance to be like she feels nervous because she's afraid she'll disappoint someone because she's not thin enough and I just yeah having had that same experience when I was in the dating world I'll have to say it's not just that it's it's a possible danger it could lead to violence if you get <laughs> you show up and the person is angry about the way you presented yourself that could be violent and that ties back to how does the body shaming lead to violence to me that's an issue too about how enrooted um one's body type is to their identity like why is that part of them as a person when it's something that's so trivial it's just like how your body is shaped like it shouldn't matter 
And I think that's a huge issue with society for sure. And like, since we're talking about um, different, like all of our experiences with body shaming and stuff like that, um, would you guys go as far to say that like some body types have it easier than others? There's always this misconception that some body types like usually thinner body types have it easier than others but at the same time I feel like that's like invalid because you don't really know what other people are experiencing unless you're in their body type because honestly no matter how you look there's always someone going to be nitpicking about like oh you're not cur- if you're too skinny you're not curvy enough if you're too curvy you're not too skinny you're not skinny enough and it's just like this ongoing like standard being set and you can just like never meet it if that makes sense so I feel like no body type has it easier it really just everyone's just like going through something I definitely agree with that idea and like I said earlier I think everybody's experienced some level of body shaming and you know as social individuals we just are always on display and that can cause a lot of trouble now I do recognize that certain body types might receive greater benefits in like the work world or something of that nature. And that makes it a little difficult to get ahead as, per- as a person like me. But I mean, I don't think for a second that any body tape is, uh, gets more benefits, just gets handed benefits all the time. Even people like Kim Kardashian, you know, they're gonna be <laughs> constantly looked at and nitpicked and, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I think you both brought up a great point that Um, I think the bottom line, it comes to not, there's no body shape that has it easier, but there's a lot of division about it and a lot of divisive like language when we talk about it, because oftentimes I see on social media as well, people like to point fingers, you know, like, how could you understand my issues when you don't have a body like mine? And like, you have it easy because you don't look like me. And I think that's, that's the almost type of environment that social media causes, right? With these trends. And with these discussions, it's not being put on a platform that's discussed in like a civil, let's say like a podcast matter. It's put in a way where someone does a trend and they get celebrated for it. Someone else with a different body shape does it and they don't get celebrated for it. They get shamed for it. And then that community is very quick to point fingers and place the blame on a different community. But when I really think we're all sort of in this pit, right? We're all sort of in this pit of getting like everyone else shaming us, but yet we're pointing fingers at each other. If that makes some sort of sense. I guess my worrying is a bit messed up. It makes sense to me. And it reminded me of a very uh, popular phrase among larger women that I've known. Real women have curves. Now, not only is this definitely transphobic, but also it's just dismissive because I don't think any one thing makes a person a real woman versus a fake woman. I, I don't understand that idea at all. Yes, D, I definitely agree. I think when we have these type of, when we have that type of language and that type of perception about the different communities and different body shapes, what happens is you start to invalidate someone's experience. And I think that's what we're stuck in, like a cycle of invalidation for the different body shapes that we might feel like they have it easier, but really they don't, you know? Thank you for sharing your insight and experiences. I'm so grateful that we have been able to cultivate the space to talk about such an important topic. With that being said, this marks the end of the first part of our discussion, but come back next time where we will be continuing this conversation on body shame and body image relation to the normalization of violence.